Hi, this is Mike Smith, and welcome to the Team Telepathy podcast. And today we're going to look at some insights on building a high-performing team in a very different culture, and that's the culture of China. And the NGO that we're featuring is Orbis International, who are an amazing uh, volunteer-driven NGO committed to the eradication of preventable blindness around the world, particularly in developing countries and in rural areas. And this is the story of an amazing American who 13 years ago took the leap to move to Beijing with his family uh, to lead up the, the challenge of developing the Orbis program in that region of the world. And so it's great pleasure to have with us today, George Smith, who is tuning in from North Carolina. Uh, welcome, George. Great to have you with us. Great to be here. For many, the idea of moving to China you know, with your family, create a whole new life, run a local team would be a huge leap. Uh, so what inspired you to make that leap? It was, uh, there was two or three things. Number one was, you know, really wanting to continue to make impacts, you know, an impact for an organization that I work for. Uh, two was to, you know, give our children an opportunity to, you know, experience living outside the U United States and, and in a, a major city like Beijing that, you know, multicultural, where there's so many different, you know, nationalities. And, and your, your family thrived along with your own thriving in a new, new environment for work. Oh, oh yeah. It was, it was, an, it was an amazing experience. So, you know, our, you know, two boys that went over there at that time were in fourth and fifth grade. They learned to read and write, um, you know, Chinese and spoke Mandarin. And, uh, you know, they both leveraged that um, in their careers. My youngest son, who played professional hockey, is back over there coaching and teaching and uh, living, still living in Beijing. My other son uh, still speaks uh, Chinese and for his environmental and government relations work uses Chinese a lot. So, you know, there's a lot of things. And we had the and great opportunity. We adopted our youngest daughter while we were over there. Just the challenge of it. I mean, you know, mm. I think we all look for, you know, new challenges as we get later on in our, our, our careers, particularly in the NGO sector. So I think those three things are exactly what, why we decided as a family to move there in 2002. So your remit then was to build a successful team of 100% Chinese professionals. Correct. Uh, so, you know, you're in Beijing after the first few weeks. You know, were there any sort of striking differences, you know, that you felt between, a, you know, managing a U.S.-based team versus a local Chinese team? You know, was your, was your brain sort of telling you we need to think different here? Yeah, you know, you know I inherited a team with Orbis that, um, um, you know, when I start, started meeting with them, a lot of these folks had come out of, uh, you know, government health um, related work with maybe the Ministry of Health or um, were ophthalmologists at a, uh, at, a, at a government hospital. And it became very clear that the way that folks want, were managed in the past and the leadership style of the, the people that were leading them was a very hierarch hierarchical thing. Mm -hmm. It was the, the fact that, you know, the, the oldest person and the highest level person made every, all the decisions. 
they were the ones that created the entire strategy. They're the ones that, you know, um, you know, made every decision and the, 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 the folks that were, were working for them were the ones that just simply did the day-to-day execution of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, working with an international organization, not only how you work on the ground, but um, each of those individuals at some point have to deal with headquarters and have to deal mm-hmm. with being an international organization, whether it's with donors or with other staff around the world or the, with the headquarters. And so it, it became very clear that we needed to, to build a team that had, you know, a whole different approach. And as a leader, I had to create to create a safe spot for them to, you know, become a more international and, and globally successful team. And that doesn't happen overnight, right? No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, you know, it's it started with a lot of, you know, modeling, you know, you know, a lot of things that I did with with my boss, you know, I would tell them, you know, you know, I reported to the CEO and, you know, they were in on conversations where we had discussions where I disagreed with what the CEO was thinking about, you know, doing and wanting us to do in China. I had a lot of a lot of things that the CEO would say to me that gave them the the um, sense that there was a lot of trust for the CEO for me to make decisions at my level, you know, on the ground. And, you know, so starting to build that confidence in, 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 um, in people that, you know, they were, you know, that unless we were a, a team and unless everybody had a, a specific role and they owned that role, um, we, we weren't going to be successful there, particularly as a, a foreigner who was a guest in a country that, um, you know, quite frankly, I needed them to tell me what the Chinese characteristics were to make things work. But for, for us to work successfully and under, you know, you know, with my leadership style, it had to be one where folks um, could, could, you know, trust themselves to, you know, make their own decisions, to, um, you know, to, to have input to, to what the whole overall strategy was, to give me advice on how to make myself successful, and also for them to, you know, to grow in their role, um, you know, as leaders in the eye health sector. From our experience in team sports, that Im- importance that players feel free to take the initiative. It's a team, it's a team game, but you want individuals to take the initiative. You, you don't want them to be afraid of taking a risk, you know, no risk and no amazing moments that change the game. Yeah. And I think there's the, the two things that I think guided me, especially when I was over there, but also guided me when I was coaching or guided me when I was doing other, other things was that, you, you know, you really do have to understand that leadership's not a science, a strict science. You know, you can read all the leadership books and here's the 10 things that you should do, but there's a lot of art in it. You know, there's a lot of things that you have to say that, you know, just my gut feeling um, this is the way we should be doing things. And so there, it's a, it's a kind of a big combination of being an art and a science. I mean, you can have the, you know, you can have your playbook down for a game and in the middle of the game, that science that you thought was there, wasn't there. And there's the, there's an art of coaching. There's an art of leadership. 
that allows you to kind of course correct, allows, allows you to use your gut feelings, allows to you to see the people where they are and, and, and meet them there and, and, you know, really work in that, um, in that respect. And also there's a, there's a real importance, you know, in terms of leadership of me telling the staff that, you know, I'm not an ophthalmologist, you know, I, I've got a sports background. What am I doing leading a, a major organization that deals in ophthalmology and biomedical engineering? And I said, I, you know, I've got to build a team around, you know, the fact that I can be a strategy person, I can raise money, I can do government relations. Those are things that I've done in the past, but we need to put a team together that has all the components to make us successful. And it's not like having 11 strikers because you're going to lose every game because you don't have any defenders and, you know, you don't, you know, have everybody that can hit a home run in baseball and you don't have anybody that can field. Uh, So putting together that, that group of people where, you know, as a manager and as a leader, you can start creating that team by, you know, selecting people that not only complement you, but also complement each other across the functions in the, in the organization. So, um, you know, I had a great opportunity to kind of build a, a, a small team, uh, but a very, you know, high performing team because we were able to, you know, kind of figure out together, you know, how we all interrelated and used our individual skills to make the team better. Were, were there any, you know, difficult moments like with, where somebody wasn't fitting, you know, your your picture of it, and you you couldn't get that collaboration, or you couldn't get them moving forward in the way that you wanted. Did you ever have that, or was it more of an organic thing that developed in a in, in a no. good way? No, um, it, it it absolutely did, um, and uh, there were several occasions at the beginning where we determined that, you know, here's where we wanted to be in three months. And we set a a lot of not only performance, you know, standards related to their work, but related to how they were, we were interacting with each other, how they were, you know, you know, um, you know, contributing to the global strategy and the global, you know, our global HR stuff. And, you know, it just didn't, didn't work. And, um, you know, I think, you know, people, you know, understood that and they, they, you know, they weren't comfortable, you know, maybe, you know, in, in, a, in an organization where they weren't told to do everything. And, um, you know, maybe they felt comfortable going back to the government hospital. Maybe they felt, you know, better going back to a private practice or something like that. So there was, but there was also some, you know, kind of, kind of some funny things on the, on the other side of that. And, and I always remember the story about how I was you know, just saying to our CEO, you know, just how impressed I was with the the way that the the team was evolving and the way they were becoming more, you know, you know, more kind of self motivated. They were they you know they were working you know across functions very well. They were you know they were you know contributing and, and everything. And he came over to to visit, and we had this. Um, we had this uh, meeting and he, he asked the question about what we would do in this certain, what, what we could do in this certain situation to, you know, increase, uh, you know, our impact in cataract surgery and 16 people around this big round table, dead silence. And I said, Oh, here we go. 
the, the, <laughs> the big boss is here. And so they're going to, it's going we're reverting back, you know, a year to, to where they were. He wants to see your empowered team. Yes, He's so I said, all right, I'm gonna, I'll say, I'll save the day. And I said, Bob, this is exactly what we should do. And it wasn't two seconds that five of them kind of perked up and stood up and said, no, you know, that's, that, that will not work. Here's what we should be doing. Here's what we should do. Here's, you know, I felt like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, you know, success, <laughs> you know, success, but at the, at the, uh, you know, at the expense of, of, of my, of the way, the way I was hoping that the CEO would perceive, you know, my expertise in, in my guest country, but it was, and, you know, but at the end of the day, um, he was just saying, you know, that really hit home that these, these folks are, you know, you know, if you get run over by a bus, I'm not worried. But is there anything in the in the Chinese way of doing things that you think is a positive? You know that actually could be learned the other way. The way people work together, the cohesion of people, the way teams work. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's a, a an ex, it, you know a, a very intense loyalty to things and intense desire to excel. There's no question about that. You see, see that in their, the, the kids in their schools. Everybody wants to be number one. They want to excel in everything. There's, um, and there's, but there's also a, a complete buy-in to the big picture. People are lockstep once they buy into it. And so, when we you know when we created a you know our our five-year strategy um, at headquarters, and then we created our country strategy, which had a, you know you know, all the pillars involved, but a lot, a lot of different things. And there was some input into it. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better team. When I was looking at the material on Orbis, I saw this amazing thing is, you know, the, the, the flying eye hospital. What role did that play? Uh, or does that play in, in kind of epitomizing what the team does? And as a, as a, also a motivator, um, and a symbol of what you're all about. Yeah. And, and, you know, just historically, that was, you know, someone from the aviation sector that was friends with somebody in the medical sector. And they said, you know, you know, here's a way to intersect aviation with, you know, ophthalmology, with eye care and created the Flying Eye Hospital. And when I moved from Special Olympics to, to Orbis, you know, the one thing that I, I, found a big void was there wasn't this culminating event. There wasn't this thing that you looked forward to every four years or every two years um, like you would in sport. And it became quickly, um, you know, kind of uh, recognizable to me that the plane was that thing. We would never get the, you know, the, the PM of a country probably to come to one of our local hospitals to you know to see what we do the plane comes and we get the highest level of business and, and <laughs> government stuff so it it really does a lot um you know it's it's an iconic symbol it's it it, it is yeah. our symbol that that we we you know gather around um you know nor normally it's six different times a year in six different countries yeah i think it's fascinating and i think there is a you know that's an example um for, for other organizations. Let's talk a bit about China and, and the bigger picture. Uh, you've been there 
13 years and so you you've had the time to absorb all the different elements of, of china from the inside um and all of our teams wherever we have them play within this broader context uh a, a wider culture um uh, and and of course now there's some in some way some rising tensions you know at least in the media between yeah. west and china uh and for many china remains an enigma you know the the big picture you know there's always you know been this saber rattling as they say um i think that you know you know obviously china wants to become the you know the, the strongest country in the world and you know to that end there's going to be a lot of things that 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 happen but you know when you're when you're on the ground there i think there's still you know I think in talking to people in business it, it's a little bit more difficult but it's still um a place that they want to be they need to be um I think you know in terms of NGOs <clears throat> there's there's still a place for those in in their their society it's still a country that values their their you know the safety of the the people there by you know that was the one thing that I with our kids that, uh, I mean, it's, it was, it's the safest place in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for us, you know, I, I would have no problem today relocating back to, to, to Beijing. Yeah. So just to finish, you know, what would be your advice from your experience, you know, for those professionals considering moving into a team leadership position in another country, in another culture? um just just sort of top of mind two or three things that that you know you've gleaned from from your experience i mean the, the first and foremost are you know recognize from day one that you are a guest in a country and that you i don't care if you're there for 3 years or 13 years or 30 years you're not going to you you're not going to know you know as much as you think you know <laughs> um and so you have to you you have to keep that perspective i think the second thing is the the fact that you know to that you you're going to want to 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 kind of merge the the culture of your organization and the and the you know the kind of st strategy for your organization with the culture that you're you're living in and that's going to take time I mean, I, you know, I told you that, you know, it didn't happen overnight where our, our, our team became more, uh, uh, you know, kind of global thinking, high performing, working across functions within that thing that, that took a, that took over a year. And it was, it was something that we continued to have to, you know, um, you know, work on as we onboarded new staff or we hit, you know, issues with, with the way we were, we could implement programs and then you know i think the you know obviously the third thing is you know you 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 have to enjoy it i mean you you know you you can't you know i i saw a lot of people that you know in particularly in the business sector that were miserable over there you know they just didn't adapt to it they couldn't you know they they there were certain things you know in the in society that they 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 didn't like and they they made themselves you know, it, it, it transferred into the way they did their job and it, the way they dealt with their families and stuff like that. So, um, I think you, you've got to you've got to embrace the culture. And if 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 after a period of time that isn't happening, then perhaps you're you're, you're in the wrong place. Yeah.
George, thanks for that. And uh, in a real pleasure catching up. Um, so thanks for sharing uh, your insights um, and uh, your amazing journey. Uh, I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Thanks very much. That sounds great. Thanks.